Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions Podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, career change tips, and expertise on making a mindful transition to a fulfilling and meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome back, peeps. Wonderful to have you listening in today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm excited to introduce you to my beautiful guest today. Her name is Alison McKenzie. And I'm going to share a little bit with you about her and her journey. And then we'll have a miraculous conversation. We've been talking to each other a few times today in various ways and kept coming up about doing work you love. So I can't wait to see where this um, conversation is going to go. Um, Alison is often described as one of the most authentic, inspiring and heart-centered souls you can meet. And I can tell you that's true. I've known her for a little while. Alison runs a thriving training business and she's helped thousands of people to enjoy more happiness and success. Alison is also an author of the Amazon bestseller, Heartitude, The Nine Principles of Heart-Centered Success. She's a, a popular speaker, trainer, coach, business mentor, EFT and NLP practitioner, and hypnotherapist. Alison also runs the Heart-Centered Network. She regularly does humanitarian work with genocide survivors in Rwanda and is an avid fundraiser. Prior to this, Alison had a successful 20-year career in the investment industry and is full of gratitude every day for being able to enjoy a more authentic and joyful life, living near a beach just outside Edinburgh in Scotland. Alison, what a privilege for me to speak with you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on this call. It's wonderful to connect with you, and it's just a great honor to be here as well. So thank you very much. Oh, you're most welcome. Alison um, and I connected just for our listeners a couple months ago, I think, and we've had some wonderful conversations. And yes, we keep coming back to this topic about doing work you love. So I want to um, ask you, Alison, if you can share with us, how did it come to be that you ended up in such a different career after 20 years in the investment career, uh, investment industry? How did that journey go for you? And if you can share a little bit about the the big change that, that you must have made in order to be where you are today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I know that to some people listening in, it will seem like a very a, a huge jump and a, a very different life. But it's one of these things, when you look back on life, you realize that there's a series of steps that took you to where you currently are, wherever that is. And I knew, I mean, the, all the time I was in that investment world, I never felt I fitted. I was doing really well. But it just didn't feel right. And because I was doing something that, that where my heart really wasn't singing, I was very highly stressed at the same time. So I could do my job and I can do it really, really well. But I was highly stressed because it wasn't making good use of my talents. And it, there was a massive clash of values. So I was very, very lucky. You know, this was back in the early, early 2000-ish or so, when the company, um, it became a, very clear that we were going to be closing down the subsidiary that I was the business manager for. And I was very fortunate to be part of that project team involved in, in all the negotiations to shut down the business. So I knew it was coming. And more laterally, I, in, in the job I was in, 
um, because we were we'd grown very very quickly as a business, I'd had to spend an awful lot more of my time in people development and helping people, um, you know, bring out the best in people rather than managing the money, which is what my role had been before. And the more I did that, the more I realized how much I loved helping people work out what what their passions were, what they loved doing, and how to incorporate that in their work. So, of course, when we announced the, the redundancies and closure, I'd said to the company, well, listen, why don't you let me go off and retrain and I can then work, run workshops internally for everybody who's losing their jobs and help them work out what to do with the rest of their life. And they said yes. So, you know, I was able to start from a position of having experience within workplaces at a time when I was still being paid. And that was really just the start of my journey. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, as once you, once you start to follow your heart, once you start to go on courses and learn new things and try out different things that you maybe haven't ever done before or not done it for a long time. You meet other people and just in those conversations, they might suggest something else you could go off and explore. And that's really what just kept happening. You know, somebody would say, well, why don't you go off and do this? And why don't you try this? And, you know, the things that appealed, I did. And so over the years, you know, that, you know, the first few years, it's not all been, you know, it's not all been easy by any means. It's a massive, massive, massive learning curve going from a successful corporate job to, to, running a business and having a business actually uh, be sustainable and, and pay you well at the same time. So there were ups and downs there. Um, but it's just, I, I think I just knew that I really, there were two things that, that, that I was really keen to do. One, the first thing I suppose was to prove to myself that I could earn money myself and never have to be dependent on any other organization. Um, and to me, actually, being self-employed is far less of a risk now than being employed because I, there's so many ways that I now see I can earn money. Before, I was very much constrained to the jobs that were advertised in the newspaper, you know. Um, and the other thing that I really wanted to do was to make sure I was spending more time doing what I loved. Um, I just think life's too short to be spending so much of it in an environment where you're not enjoying what you're doing or there's personality clashes and you don't enjoy the company of everybody you're working beside. And, and I'm not saying that that was always the case. I've got some brilliant friends from brilliant friends from people I work beside in the investment industry to this day. Um, but it's very different now. You know, I have a different type of friendship and a lot more um, diverse friendships than I experienced through the work that I was doing in the workplace at that point. So, yeah. What's an incredible journey and quite a few things stood out for me and I want to ask you a little bit more about that. The one is what I heard you say, what I think is so profound is you started taking action towards something. You actually spoke up at your place of work where you realized there was an opportunity here to learn about more about people's skills. And so you spoke up and you said, hey, would you please send me for training or how about this idea? So that was one point that stood out for me. You, you spoke up for what you really wanted and were interested in. And then you took action. It wasn't like you just sat back and waited for things to happen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be true. I mean, I'm, I've always been an action taker. I was probably less confident, actually, in the workplace for fear of what others might think. But it's a fascinating thing. When you're in a situation of redundancy, when everybody's jobs are going, 
and you know, I mean, we were tied in for, for 18 months because we had to keep the company going, you know, while we closed it down and moved the clients over somewhere else. Um, you, you, you do develop this attitude of not, not in a petulant child way, um, but what are you going to do? Sack me. Um, so you just start to become more confident to be you. Because oh, you're not, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're not scared of consequences because we knew the company needed us. The company could not have recruited any. So, I mean, we didn't turn into bad people, but in it, you know, our behaviours didn't go off the rails. But it just meant you weren't so worried about what people thought. And the thought of them saying no was fine. It's just like, okay, that's fine. So, yeah, in the workplace, I wasn't nearly as... Now, I'm very, you know, I'm, al- I'm always out there. You know, if I see an opportunity, I speak up and you know, move forward with it. But, you know, that was an interesting insight that you picked that up because actually in the workplace, I wasn't generally probably quite so confident in doing that. Mm. Mm. So it's almost like when the, I don't know if this expression is the right one to use, but when the chips were up, when when um, there were no, not too many other options for the company even, you, it felt like, oh, well, they don't have too many options either. So I'll just be yeah. who I can be. Yes, exactly. And it was bizarre because, you know, most of the time there I was in my senior management position in the company doing what, what, what I knew how to do very well. And then the next minute I'm, you know, running my first little, you know, few workshops on how to make the best of your life, which was all new and actually was quite vulnerable for me to do in front of my staff. But it, it just felt right to do. And I don't know if you can take yourself back so many years, but how was it for you stepping out? I know you just already said it was quite vulnerable. What other emotions did you experience going from the job that you kind of didn't, I heard you say you were quite nervous or highly stressed and anxious a lot of the time in when it was still around finance, and then to step out, start doing something that was much more in alignment with you as a person. What emotions Uh, did you experience and how was that journey? I think the biggest one was relief. It was just, it really was relief. I didn't have to to pretend to be something I wasn't anymore. And it was, you know, it was silly little things, silly little things like, you know, I had all this sort of navy and dark suits and the very professional looking outfits. They just went to the charity shop. You know, my underwear was all very boring and black. Now I'm I'm giving away too much detail. There's a lot more color now, you know. Um, But it's like my personality just started to explode. Um, And it, it was just so... Yeah, it was a relief. It was liberating. It was exciting. Um, I very rarely felt um, scared of what was happening. But then you see, I, you know, I, again, I was very, very lucky. You know, I, I had a, the cushion of a redundancy payment, so I had some time in order to really settle down and and step back from being in that role, you know, for the, and for the first few weeks, it takes a while to come out of that place and to, well, who am I? And get clear on that again. Um, but no, I think it was actually mainly positive. Um, there might have been the odd little flurry of, oh gosh, how am I going to make this work? <laughs> and, you know, how do I do it? But I don't remember that quite so much, certainly not in the earlier months. I would probably say that maybe kicked in about 12 months down the line when you know the cushion was running out and I was thinking right okay I've kind of played at this now and now I need to step up a little bit um but initially it was all just relief and excitement and just joy at being able to explore who I was 
again and reconnect to that the person that I had always been and I realize now I had always been that person but when I was working I'd completely lost sight of that person and um, because all I was doing was getting up early every day going to work in a highly stressful environment working 12 14 hours coming back going to sleep and doing the same thing the next day I get such goosebumps when you uh, when you said all of this, and especially the part about what a joy it was to explore yourself. And so I hear a lot about the inner journey that you were able to go through as you, uh, you know, it was a kind of a forced career change, um, but but you had this magnificent opportunity to explore yourself and find out who you really wanted to be and and were. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. To me, that's just such a fantastic opportunity. I'm just so, so grateful for having had that opportunity. Would I have walked away without the opportunity? I don't know. I honestly do not know. Yeah, because I think it's so scary, Alison, when, when we still have the security of the income. Mm-hmm. I think that is, I don't know what your opinion is, but I can imagine it would be sort of the the plaster that would keep many of us in a place where we don't really enjoy it, but we at least we know where the money is coming from. So it's a kind of a comfort zone that's uncomfortable, but we tend to stay there until things really get hot enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's a weird thing because now I can barely relate to that. You know, it's it's completely flipped so that now – I, you know, I don't think twice about, you know, going off to Rwanda for a few weeks and no, I don't get paid. And you just think, all right, okay, that seems okay. Because I know there'll be ways for me to generate money. I'm not living with the same certainty, but somehow it's completely flipped. And now I'm just constantly, you know, if I, if I need to generate cash, I think, well, how can I earn it? And there's lots of opportunities, which I never used to see before. Never. It's amazing. It's a completely different mindset when we are an employee where we kind of just think there's a salary and no other op- no other ways to earn money. But when you become an entrepreneur, you have to think of creative ways to earn the money. So what a, what a gift that journey was as well. Yes, absolutely. Very liberating. Mm. Now, another thought just comes to me and this just sort of relates to if there's anybody else out there listening who are thinking, well, I don't want redundancy forced upon me. But the thing is that we can start that inner journey way before it gets to a crisis. So, Alison, what would you say about that? If we can start the inner journey and discover who we really want to be and who we are and explore ourselves, then we can make the decisions in a, in a much different way than when there's a crisis and, a, and a, an emergency kind of thing coming up around a job. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would encourage anybody listening to this, and particularly those who don't have any inclination to be self-employed, to, to still take the opportunity to explore what is it that would bring more joy into your life? What is it you would love to do? What, you know, what do you see people doing on the telly? You see in films, or you read in magazines where you think, I wish I could do that, if only. And you've just never done that. Or maybe you've done things in a holiday and just explore whether or not you could develop those skills. And I'm not necessarily meaning in terms of to replace your job, but sometimes we, we, you know, we, most people have so many skills and talents that they're just not getting to use in their jobs. And for many people, it's a case of looking at, well, how, you know, once you know what those are, once you've connected to that, so, you know, to the, to the, 
the pure essence of who you were born to be, what you are naturally inclined to do well, when you start to have that self-awareness of who that person is, and then what you can start to do is even look at in your current job, how could I bring this authentic being into into life on a day-to-day basis? How could I revolve what I do every day around the things that are important to me and the values? And that might be taking on a different project in the workplace. It might be tweaking what you're doing slightly, or it might even just be what you're choosing to focus on. You know, if you're in a job you find boring, but you love interacting with people, could you do something that involves more social interaction, even in your existing job, so that it becomes more joyful? We don't have to be stepping away from our jobs. Um, And that puts us in a position of um, strength, so that we can make better informed choices at every single choice point in our career so that you can start to make choices about, well, is this going to nourish my soul? Is this going, is this job opportunity, whether it's internally or externally or, you know, moving to being self-employed, is this something that is going to um, help me become a better expression of who I was born to be and be happier every day? Or is it going to take me further away from that? We can't make those um, informed decisions until we really know who we are. Mm, I love that you said that. There is such a a strong belief of mine as well. Um, And it's, it's just amazing how often we miss that piece about how can we make good decisions for ourselves if we don't even really know ourselves that well. So thank you. That's a magnificent point. No, yeah, absolutely. And so we've talked about this a tiny little bit, but what are your thoughts about how important it is to spend time at work doing something you love? I just think now with hindsight, <laughs> you know, having come through the, the, the years of not feeling this way, um, to me, it's just so important in so many ways, um, particularly actually health. You know, so it's not just about being happy every day, which obviously can make a difference to every single one of us. You know, the happier we are every day, the healthier we'll be. Um, But, you know, health is so, so important. And I think as we get older, we realize that more and more. And we realize the importance of making the most of every day. I just don't see the point in being miserable when there are other opportunities. And I know that for maybe for some people listening into this, then, you know, you might not be aware of what these opportunities are, but that's where all you need to do is just start taking tiny little steps to explore what else could I be good at? What else might I enjoy doing? Um, or how could I bring a little bit more of what I love into every day? So it may not be even through your job, but maybe, in, you know, it could be well, what you do in your evenings or what you do before work or what you do in your lunch hour. You know, because the more that we can bring into what we we can bring in, what we love to do every day and pump our body full of endorphins, the more resilient we become for coping with the challenges in life and also for the things that we don't enjoy much as much in work. So to me, this is so important from a happiness perspective, a health perspective and that resilience in life. We are far. It's far easier to cope with the the challenges that life throws at us when we are happy and when we are healthy and when we have energy. And when we are not doing what we love, that's when we're putting ourselves and our body under stress. 
it's just having a negative impact on us in so many different ways. Oh dear, that is such a wonderful point. Yes, I can't agree with you more. So I'm wondering then if that is part of the reason why you've been going to Rwanda with your humanitarian mm. work. Is it part of what fulfills you or what was that reason? Well, you know, I, I still remember this day so, so clearly. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd gone from being employed to self-employed, but actually then building up a, a job for myself where I was trapped. Um, in, in that I had, you know, I was really busy. It was financially lucrative contracts, but um, I'd find myself, I'd just been over doing a contract overseas for an organization and realized that there was a clash of values again. And I remember going into that organization on the, on the Friday morning and just saying, I don't think you need me anymore. I'll just finish up at lunchtime. And I went out and I met my sister in the pub and it was a beautiful day. We sat outside drinking sparkling wine. She said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I said, but I know I want it to be something that is meaningful. I know it's something that, you know, I want to give back in some way. Um, I'd watch, you know, as, as most of us do, you watch the disasters and humanitarian crises that are going on all around the world. And I'd felt helpless because I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a, a fire, a fireman. I, I, I didn't have any special skills to go out and help in the immediate aftermath of an earthquake or in a war zone. And I wanted to feel that I had something to give. So I knew it had to be something based on my skills. And I also wanted it to be something to do with young people because I'd always wanted to have children. And for various reasons, that just never happened. And I remember my sister saying, so what are you going to do about all that then? You know that, but what are you going to do? And I said, I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens, which is the way I do live my life now. And the very next day, an email came into my inbox and it showed a film of somebody who's become a very good friend of mine, Dr. Laurie Layden, and she was out in Rwanda doing this humanitarian work with genocide survivors. And I just watched this film for about three minutes. And I just thought, wow. And I just immediately did a response back saying, I just love what you're doing, would love to hear more. And she immediately came back with fancy a Skype call on Monday. I Skyped and eight, week, eight weeks later, I was at the top of a mountain in Rwanda. Um, Ooh, wow. Oh, I mean, amazing. So again, I suppose, you know, picking up on what you said earlier, you know, if I see an opportunity, I'm very much, I just, I just reach out now. I, that, that fear isn't there in the same way it would have been before. I reach out and sometimes you get a response like that and sometimes you don't. But for me, that was without doubt one of the best things I just, I've ever, ever done in my life. Um, and when you go over to a place like that, um, you know, I, we're talking about how important it is to be happy in what we're, what you're doing. Obviously, there is a point. And it can be the same for people listening to this from all around the world, but particularly, um, you know, in the third world countries where they don't have that luxury. Every day is about how am I going to feed myself? You know, we can help them work out what they'd love to do, but it's the balance of how do you work towards that, that vision of what you would love to do and how do you become sustainable today too? And sometimes that might involve doing things that we don't really want to do to get us to the place that we want to go. But remembering to have that vision, remembering to have that dream. And yeah, so that's how that's how I started to get involved. And that's I've had 10 trips now, um, ten. 10 trips of the last five years. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that is amazing work. And, you know, I live in a third world country myself, even though we have many uh, first world 
qualities and uh, sort of things here as well. And I, I just know how important it is, the work that people are, who are willing to go and do work for no income so that people can, I don't want to say evolve, I don't what's the right word here, but, you know, in order to help people who aren't that fortunate. So thank you for that beautiful work that you have been doing. Oh, no, I mean, I just I just think I'm in a very fortunate position that, and interestingly, you know, coming back to, our, you know, earlier on in our conversation, how before I used to measure my, you know, when I was working, all I wanted to do with my holidays was to go on holiday and escape. That's the, you know, they were the most important things. But now because I enjoy my life almost every day, they don't have the same attachment. Of course, I still love traveling and I love holidays. But actually, I now don't think twice of taking a few weeks off to go and do humanitarian work. Whereas before, A, and actually in that time, I probably could have afforded it more, an awful lot more than there have been in other years when I have actually done it. But actually... I think what I've realized is the money isn't supporting so much as, you know, feeling happy and contributing in some way. And I have more freedom to make those choices around how I spend my time now than I ever did before. Oh, wow. That is such an important point. I think it sounds like the the values change with, or or perhaps they were all, always your values, but it, just yeah. going along in the corporate world, you didn't really realize. It's like you said, you didn't have time to explore what was really important to you. So here's what's really important and you're living your dream and it doesn't involve money necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't always involve money. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I have needs and I like living a comfortable lifestyle. I absolutely do. Um, and I'm very fortunate to, to be, to, to, to have a good life. But, um, no, I know a lot of that has been down to choices, um, and not conventional choices. Um, so yeah. Yeah, the authentic but that comes from the heart. And so that leads me to your book, Alison. Um, what inspired you to write this book with such a beautiful title, Heartitude, The Nine Principles of Heart-Centered Success? That sounds beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, well, for years I've been running emotional well-being programs in workplaces, you know, around you know, helping people, helping to equip people with lots and lots of different tools and techniques that they could use to change how they feel so that they could, you know, explore that the, the inner person that they were born to be um, and, and take control of, you know, over, overcome emotions such as worry, fear, anxiety, etc. So I've been teaching that for years and years and years. And what I realized was when I was teaching it, people were asking me the same questions all the time, you know, asking me for more information and where could they find out more information. And I thought, you know, I'd be just much easier if I said it's in my book. And I wanted to give people something that was you know, rather than coming on a training course, they had something to take away. And actually with the book, I've also got, you know, people can sign up to audios and there's other resources that support it. So I wanted to be able to give resources. I'm, I'm a great believer in equipping people with the tools and techniques to go off and do things for themselves so there isn't a dependency. And so a lot came from the work I've been doing the last few years, but a massive part of this came from the young people in Rwanda. You know, we were teaching some of the same techniques there as, as I was teaching over here and one of them you know being one I know you're familiar with um, tapping and when you can see children who have witnessed the murder of their families and been through horrors during a genocide a war and then you know as children bringing themselves up for years and years and years 
when you see them use the same tools to overcome the fears, the anxieties, severe traumas that they, they, they had experienced, to then become the most joyful and loving and people who now are living lives way beyond what they could ever, ever have hoped for. That for me was just incredible. It showed me the capacity of the human spirit to survive, the capacity of us as human being, beings to heal whatever we have been through and the capacity that we all have to live lives that are way beyond what we might ever think today. Um, and I just wanted to share you know, so, you know, share a lot of the, the, the tools and techniques that I've learned over the years. I've worked with clients with that we shared in Rwanda, but also throughout the book, you've got, you do have stories of uh, my experiences in Rwanda as well. I was just getting wave after wave of goosebumps as you were talking about uh, such inspiring stuff, Alison. Also, you know, I mean, that was such a serious thing that you were working with there is the, little children who's who've been through the most horrific experiences and the same thing can be applied to a person who can feel that they're in a horrific job it's like a nightmare living in a nightmare for them so if we use certain principles and keep our vision alive just know that there is a totally totally different life possible it doesn't have to end there yeah absolutely and i have just seen it with so 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 many people in every different situation and don't get me wrong i know a lot of people who are doing great stuff and through being employed. So this isn't all about walk away from a job by any means. It's, you know, it's about reconnecting to who you are and trying to bring that into more of what you do. You know, my husband loves his job and I, I'm delighted for him that that is the case. You know, he's he's found something that he loves um, and can be happy there. So that that's probably one of the main messages I would, I would be suggesting to people is try and find out what you love. And see what you can do to incorporate that in your current, you know, in place of, of work, if possible. And if that isn't where it is, then seek out the um, opportunities and get the support to help you transition into something that is more joyful and makes your heart sing. Beautiful. So beautiful. And I'm really sure that many people would love to connect with you, Alison. So how would they do that? What's the best place to find you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, my website is www.alisonalison.com. And you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so it's Alison McKenzie on LinkedIn. And I have a Facebook fan page, which is Alison McKenzie as well. And of course, you can also get the details through Heartitude, um, which is available on Amazon across the world. So, Fantastic. And for our listeners, I'll put all of these links on Alison's show notes page on my website so that it's easily clickable. And for those who are on the road or listening uh, on a commute, it's alison.com. So Alison with S-O-U-N um, for uh, uh, an easy look up there. So, Alison, this was such an inspiring conversation, and I don't know where the time went. It's such a pity when it has to come to an end, and I want to ask you if you've got one. You gave us beautiful, inspiring information and tips and action steps already. Is there one last thing that comes to mind that can help a person who wants to make a career transition in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one thing for me is just, Know that each and every one of us was born into this world with so much to offer. 
And wherever you are now, if it's not really capturing your heart, if it's not making you feel good every day, then know there are ways in which you can move forward with this. It may just be that you've not discovered what your natural talents are, or maybe it's simply about reconnecting to them again. But wherever you are, know there are people around you who can help. And please just do whatever it takes to have the courage to explore who you are, because the world would love to see that true expression of yourself. And um, we'd love to meet you. And, do, you know, there will be plenty of people who can support you. And I wish you all the best in whatever you decide to do. That is so beautiful. Thank you for adding this last bit of wonderful inspiration. It's been a really huge privilege for me. Thank you for inspiring us and giving us some guidance for the future, Alison. It was wonderful to talk to you. Oh, thank you so very much. It's been absolutely delightful having this conversation. I really, really, you know, I really feel really honored to be on this show and I really appreciate the time up for, you know, all your listeners that have listened in. So thank you very much. Mm, so welcome. And yes, I echo Alison. Thank you very much to each person who tuned in today and, um, we're, we're inspired that you spend your time with us, so thank you. And if you want to hear more words of wisdom about making a career change mindfully, you can go to SavvySelfGrowth.com for articles and other interviews and, of course, the show notes of Alison's um, episode today. And remember that a fulfilling career is a journey that sometimes takes a little bit of time or finding a fulfilling career can take a little bit of time and it does involve the wisdom of your heart like Alison so clearly shared with us today. So it may take a little time but the rewards are so incredible. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For other inspiring guests and articles on career change and the notes of today's show, be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com. Download your free gift while you're there. Thank you for sharing this show with a friend. Remember, a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart.